the Bench Break Podcast. This is your girl, Alexandra the Great, and we're just going to go ahead and get right into it. Um, you're probably wondering why you are not seeing my face right now. That's because I have been feeling a little under the weather, and so I was not in the mood to really be seen on the camera, but I'm still going to give you all the content you deserve, even though it's hella late, but we're just going to get right through it. So today we're talking about Game of Thrones season eight, episode four, uh, The Last of the Starks, which is a title that gave me a little pause. I'm not going to lie, but um, it's fine. Let's just go right into it. So again, the opening credits, you know, it changes a little bit every week. Um, the ice path has arrived to Winterfell and then it doesn't go any further because Arya did what? Killed the Night King. Shout out to her. But as you see the, uh, the coming together of Winterfell, the building up of the little set in animation, you see little pieces of it, a little broken, a little damaged because the battle was crazy, but we all knew that. So the episode opens with the funeral for the fallen. Um, you know, we lost Jorah, we lost Lady Lyanna, we lost, um, Ed, we lost Theon, we lost, um, ooh, what's his name? Guy with the eye patch. And, you know, we have all the bodies piled up and then they burn them and everything is really somber moment. Um, and this is my first time thinking of it because this, this is not the first time we've seen bodies being burned after death, right? But I went back and thought about, you know, the crypts. And I'm like, well, the highborn people all get to be buried in a crypt. So is that just for the rich people? And if so, why didn't Liana be sent sent back to her own land to be buried in her crypt? She was the... She was the lady of, I'm not sure where they're from. I can't remember off the top of my head, but Liana was in charge of her people. She was high born. So why are they burning her body? Why is she not being buried in their crypt? I don't know the customs, just a thought. But anyways, um, also when the body's being burned, Jorah is still wearing his armor and my thought was like, did y'all not want to like take that off and reuse it, melt it down, make something new out of it? I don't know if that's disrespectful. Like I said, I'm not sure of their customs, but these are just thoughts I had off the top of my head. But anyways, so after the funeral, they're having a feast. Everyone's eating and getting drunk. Um, Arya's nowhere to be found. And the first person looking for her, of course, is Gendry because he is sprung. Oh, she got me, got me doing things I never do. <laughs> Gendry is sprung. So, <laughs> so anyways, um, he's sitting there with the hound and he's asking for Arya. Clegane is like, so what do you need her for? And, he, and he's just like, I just wanted to thank her for da 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 And the hound is like, I'm sure you do. Shady. I don't know how in the midst of all of this fighting dead people that the hound found out that they was boning, but hey, whatever. He found out. Um, so in the midst of Gendry getting up to try to find Arya, Daenerys spots him and he's like, hey sis, come here, let me have a word with you. And basically, 
in front of everyone. She turned he she she makes Gendry a lord of whatever land the Baratheons are in charge of. I again did not put these in my notes. I'm tripping, but so she makes him a lord, and everyone's like, "Yay, go Gendry, whatever." But this is obviously a slick plan for her to have less competition when it comes to the throne. Because between her and John and Gendry, Gendry is actually the true rightful heir to the throne as of today. Because the last rightful person on said throne was Robert Baratheon, his father. Okay? So she was like, well, let me eliminate that. But honestly, she ain't had to worry about that because that boy do not want nobody's throne. He ain't even want to be a lord. He's the one person who don't want to be king even more than John. Okay? But that was just a little emphasis to see uh, how Daenerys was getting down. So, oh, and also, you know, I think the only person in the room who didn't know who Gendry was was probably Jamie. So when he heard that, he was probably like, what the what? But whatever. So, <laughs> um, so everyone's still having a good time or whatever. You see a conversation with Davos and Tyrion. And Sir Davos, for whatever reason, is still obsessed with the freaking red woman like sis is dead and he's talking about how he ain't get the chance to kill her because blah blah blah. like boy get over it goodness like i understand that you know she burned lady shireen alive and we have not forgiven her for that but she did her the damn thing last week and she died she's done she did what she came to do but anyways um there's a quote that really stood out to me from Tyrion, he said, we may have defeated them, but we still have us to contend with. Which is ultimately why, like, people, a lot of people were complaining about, like, how did the Night King have this large arc and then was able to be defeated so quickly? That's because, honestly, the show is really more about the living fighting each other. Like, yeah, the dead was a bonus. <laughs> But the show wasn't even about him, ultimately. Like, you, th you thought he was the big bad, but clearly it's, it's each other we have to contend with. So, I thought that was a really good moment. Um, and then Tyrion moves on through the party and he ends up talking to Bran. And, you know, just like everyone else, he's talking about how Bran is the lord of Winterfell because he's true-born son of Ned Stark, blah, blah, blah. I know Bran is tired of telling people, look, sis, I am not Brandon Stark. I am the three-eyed raven. This is not my job. I do not want it. I do not have it. Okay? Leave me alone. Brandon's, Bran is tired. And I feel for him. Because why are we still having this conversation? This better be the last damn time they mention it. Okay? That's it. We're done. Bran is the three-eyed raven. I hope everyone knows this by now. Shoot. But, um, so everyone's still partying, still don't know where Arya is. Um, there's one scene that's like, yikes, where Jon is hanging out with Tormund and a few of the other guys, and Tormund is just like gassing Jon, like saying how he came back from the dead and he got the free folk to like him 
and he's out here riding dragons and then he like refers to him as a king and you know Daenerys is overhearing all of this and it's real awkward because you know Daenerys knows who he really is and she's not with the shits she's just not so it's a little awkward moment especially because you know these other guys don't know that John is the actual heir to the throne so it was just interesting to see like how much they love him already if they really knew who he was man it'd be a wrap for Danny and Danny knows that but um and also I'm confused because when she's looking around her, she sees John with Tormund and the guys she sees Tyrion over there with Jamie and Brienne you know laughing it up and she's like having a lonely moment but I'm like where is Missandei because Missandei's her ride or die why is she not in the room I'm assuming she's, you know, probably uh, scissoring with, uh, <laughs> she's probably out there scissoring with um, Grey Worm at the moment because, you know, neither of them died during the battle. Um, but, yeah, I'm like, so are the colors not allowed to the feast or something? I don't know. I just would have thought that. It's real funny how her two rider dies are not in the room at the moment, but whatever. So, Moving on, um, because I'm getting right through this. I'm I'm ready to go to sleep, y'all. I'm gonna be honest, but I'm here to give y'all the content that I promised I was gonna give. So, um, okay, so we cut over to Tyrion and Jamie and Brienne and Podrick, and they're playing Tyrion's drinking game that we saw previously, and I can't remember which season, but y'all know what I'm talking about when he was playing with Bronn and um, what's her name, Shay. Um, so that drinking game and they're having a good old time at a certain point. Tyrion points out the fact that Brienne is a virgin and Brienne is just like, Hmm, so that's how you're going to do me. And she gets up and leaves awkward moment. Um, right before she's leaving, Tormund comes and tries to insert himself, but she just straight curves him and leaves. Jamie is scurrying right behind her and whew, Tormund is just like he really like breaks down like he loves Brie and uh, with his little weird self but then some other uh Winterfield chicks are like well you know we ain't scared of no wildness whatever and he goes gets his punani elsewhere so we ain't worried about Tormund he has moved on like most of you dudes do immediately whoever's opening their legs that's where we're moving on to um Tormund moves on Podrick is close behind with not one but two ladies. And as they're leaving out, a conversation with Sansa and Clegane start. And it's interesting because, you know, after all this time has passed, Clegane hasn't really seen Sansa in years. Just like, you know, most of these reunions. So they reunite now during this episode and he refers to her as little bird which she hasn't heard in years Sansa is not little bird anymore she's just not and we know this um because she's grown up a lot she's been through a lot and we've been here for her journey but this scene is where things start to go a little awry for us as the viewers because um Sansa implies that she got stronger because she got raped by uh Ramsey 
and you know and also betrayed by Littlefinger but like implying that something that tragic has to happen for a woman to become strong is gross um a lot of conversations been had about it on Twitter I didn't like it no one else liked it and we all know that you know there's not any women in the writers room during this season so that's a problem bring them back because I mean it's too late now to find a season but yeah the uh toxic masculinity jumped out on this one anyways next scene Gendry is out there still looking for Arya and he finally finds her and now that he is a lord he decides that he's going to propose to Arya not surprising at all I mean they love each other what of course but you know Arya is not here for the real housewife life she's just not and so Arya is just basically like look fam this is real cute I'm happy for you I hope things go well but I'm not gonna be no housewife I'm just not and I'm sh there's plenty of ladies out here who, who would just love to be your wife and love up on you to give you what you need but it's just not gonna be me and I mean it makes sense she killed the freaking night king for crying out loud Ooh. sorry I had to re move around I hope y'all ain't hear all that movement but Arya killed the Night King like she's the greatest warrior of all time. She ain't about to sit around and be someone's housewife. What y'all think this is? Which is just like a sign like, yeah, I know they love each other, but Gendry must not know her like he think he do. Because why would you even ask that? Why? Um, yeah. If anything, if he knew her, he would have been like, I want to give my lordship to you and I'll be your housewife. <laughs> okay, because that's the only thing, it, only way it might have worked. And, you know, we was rooting for them. I still ship them, but it's just not going to happen. And I accept that because Arya is the baddest and she don't need no man. She don't need nobody. Um, There's one part in this scene that I didn't realize because I don't read the books, but the book readers did point it out where Gendry was like, I'm no longer Gendry Rivers. I'm Gendry Baratheon. But... Rivers is not his bastard name. It's supposed to be Waters. So I don't know what the writers or showrunners or whoever was thinking when they did that. But clearly the research was not done like it's supposed to be. But anyways. So in the next scene we have a good old classic awkward moment between Daenerys and Jon. Um, look. Daenerys is... I can't remember exactly what she said. But at one point she talked about how like she still loves John and she said, is that all right? And I was like, is this love Jones? Is that all right? I was like, I don't know. I don't know if anyone else caught that. I'm just putting it out there. I felt like I was watching Love Jones, which is also a messy movie between two idiots. So there you go. Um, <laughs> Daenerys is clearly jealous of John. We knew that already. She pretty much admits that during this conversation and even though she says she loves John I don't think she really loves John anymore I do think John is still into her she's still pretty loyal to her but 
also not that much because, um, well, I'm getting ahead of myself, but he's not that loyal to her. He's relatively loyal, but she ain't feeling him no more. I don't care what she says. So Daenerys is basically like, look, I'm still trying to be queen. I don't want you to say nothing. Just be chill. Keep the secret, please. And John is like, look, fam, I got to tell my sisters because that's my family. Blase, blase, blase. I mean, Daenerys is your family too, if we want to talk about it. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a lot of awkwardness in that scene. And yeah, but we'll get to that. Um, the very next, next little clip we see, uh, oh, you know what? I skipped over a part. I'm so sorry. Before this conversation, we actually see Jamie taking Brienne's virginity. Um, can't believe I skipped over this, but yeah, he takes her virginity and in a way she takes his too because she, he has literally never slept with anyone other than his own sister. So as far as I'm concerned, Jamie's a virgin too because ill. So they take each other's virginity and... <coughs> Um, yeah, that's fun. But then after the Daenerys and John scene, we see a little clip of like, you know, Brianna's knocked out after getting a D. And um Jamie is just like laying there awake looking around, which is the same feel that we got last not last week, but the week before last, when Arya lost her V card. Uh Dang, I'm losing names. Gendry was asleep and Arya was looking around. And you see how that turned out. Arya was like, nah, fam. So I take Jamie being awake after that as a bad sign. But we'll get to that. Um, so moving on, we're having a meeting in the war room, which honestly has never turned out well. But Sansa is like, look, we just fought the dead. We lost a lot of troops, the people who survived. They need some rest. They need some rest. And Daenerys is like, she don't give a crap about no rest. She needs to go take Westeros right now because the longer she waits, the stronger Cersei and them gets. And yeah, she's right, but what you finna win with tired soldiers? I don't care if they're from... I don't care if they're from the north. I don't care if they're Dothraki. I don't care if they're unsullied. Everybody tired, sis. They out here fighting demons, okay? Like, girl, chill out. But um, John proceeds to curve Sansa and roll with Daenerys, which is just like, okay, rude. Especially when you know Sansa's right, but whatever. So, you know, like I was saying, John is still pretty loyal to Daenerys. Not as much as he could be, but... Um, so everyone breaks from the war room, and Arya rolls up to John and is like, Look, we need to have a conversation. So the last of the Starks start having a family meeting. And, you know, John is still Team Danny. Um, Sansa is still Team Not Danny. Which is another, oh, before I continue, which is another thing that 
it finally made sense to me. Um, well, not sense, but when it was pointed out that there are no female writers on this season, the whole beef between Sansa and Daenerys finally made sense. Because I'm like, why are we just having women being against each other for no reason? Like, literally, Sansa and Daenerys had beef for no reason. And Sansa's still choosing to hate her for low-key no reason. But whatever. So in the midst of this conversation, Bran is silent or whatever. But Arya is being the reasonable middle ground. She's like, hey, look, John is right. We did need Daenerys. We needed her army. We needed her dragons. We did need her. But Sansa is also right. We don't trust that hoe. So what you finna do? Um, and then it just gets to a point where John snitches. You know, Bran hits him with the, it's your choice. And John is like, well, we don't see him say it, but we know what he's finna say. He snitches, he lets them know who he really is. And yeah, that's that on that. So John's loyal, but he's not that loyal because he still snitched. Next scene, we have Jamie and Tyrion chilling. They're just, you know, somewhere in Winterfell in the private room having wine. And Tyrion, um, you know, ask Jamie, what's it, what's it like sleeping with a giant woman? <laughs> because Tyrion points out that he has not had sex in years, which is actually, yes, that's true. He has not been with nobody since he, you know, started following Daenerys when he had to escape from being killed by his sister and mother. Um, he has been drinking a lot, maybe even more than he used to though, so trade-offs but while they're in there having a good old time talking and stuff um somehow Braun of the Blackwater sneaks in on them and I have a lot of questions here male writers how the heck did Braun get into the walls of Winterfell without being seen and then even if he can't sneak into Winterfell without being noticed how he know what room they were in? They were inside of interior room. It's not like he ran into them on the yard. So that part makes zero sense to me. And I'm not even going to ask someone to explain it to me. Because no, don't nobody got an explanation. Explanation, It don't make sense. Whatever. But, um, so, you know, Brian threatens to kill them. Like Cersei said, yada, yada, yada. And Tyrion reminds him, like, remember what I said? If someone... Um, excuse me, if someone pays you to kill me, I will offer double. And well, Bronn's like, well, what's double river run? And Tyrion promises him Highgarden. Now, Bronn accepts it because he actually doesn't think Cersei could win. He's seen the dragons and even with one left, he's still betting on Daenerys low-key. But he is going to support whoever is paying him. So that's that on that. All right. Um, the very next scene, Clegane is riding his horse away from Winterfell, um, heading to King's Landing. And he runs to Arya, who's doing the exact same. Clearly, neither of them told anybody they were leaving. They're just out of there. Um, nothing too significant. It just happened. Then you see, uh, Sansa and Tyrion are having their little conversation. And... 
you know, Sansa's still being shady. For whatever reason, she can't get it through her head why Tyrion likes Daenerys. But in the end of it all, she spills the beans to, spills the beans to Tyrion, let him know well. And again, we don't see her say it, but we know what she said. John is the rightful heir, because he's Aegon Targaryen. Um, so this next scene was just weird. Um, a little convoluted to me, but it was explained to me on Twitter, thanks to uh at Thrones Facts on Twitter. But John is also preparing to go ahead and leave Winterfell and head to King's Landing to, you know, fight Cersei alongside Daenerys and whatnot. So he says bye to Tormund, because Tormund and Free Folk are heading back to the true north. Um then randomly Sam and Gilly come out and he's hugging them and telling them goodbye. Gilly's pregnant. Yay. Um, there's a lot of pregnancy confirmations and suspicions in this season. Um, cause Cersei has been confirmed pregnant. There's at first I thought she was lying, but I actually believe her now. So Cersei is pregnant. Gilly is pregnant. It is suspected that Brienne and Arya could be pregnant. So these are all like, I feel like flags towards like the next generation and what could come later, yada, yada, yada. Because we already know that Game of Thrones is finna have three spinoffs. If you didn't know, now you know. They finna have three spinoffs. So, you know, all this pregnancy that's going on could help fuel the future. But, um, so John says bye to them. And then John is like, hey, Ghost has to go with Tormund. He needs more space to run around, blah, 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 BS, BS, BS. Now, he hugging up on everybody else, but he ain't even pet Ghost before he left. And I just felt that that was very rude. We all felt that that was very rude. Um, especially because Ghost was the one, I was going to say person, but the one being who was by your side through everything. You were dead on the table, fam. And... Ghost was still right there by your side. Like, I don't understand. And I guess maybe it was a quote-unquote CGI thing or whatever. But whatever. He could have petted him for two seconds. It was stupid. But anyways, the symbolism behind this scene of John leaving was he was saying goodbye to Sam because that was him saying goodbye to his time at the Night's Watch. He said goodbye to Tormund because that was him saying goodbye to his time as a wildling. And then he was saying, poor, he was poorly saying goodbye to ghosts because that represented him as a Stark. And so that's him leaving all his past self behind to move forward with Daenerys as a Targaryen. Symbolism. But anyways, um... So, the next thing you see, Daenerys, Daenerys has her ships and they're en route and everything. And John's not with them, so I don't know, like, how far behind he is. I don't know how they arrange this, but Daenerys and her folks are on their way. You see her ships. She's on her dragon flying and having a good time. You know, real cute or whatever. And um, you see on the ships, Grey Worm and Missandei standing right next to each other. And then they start holding hands and it's all cute and sweet and I was like ooh, that's a red flag I don't like it 
Just because you you survived a long night doesn't mean you finna survive the next three episodes. So, then, um, oh, okay, so Tyrion is talking to Varys about Jon. Because, of course, Tyrion ain't about to hold this secret. All he do is talk. So he snitches to Varys and they're having a conversation about, like, you know, who's better, Jon or Danny. Um, and Varys points out that he's worried about Daenerys' state of mind, which is a nod towards the fact that her father was the Mad King. And she's had little hints of little craziness here and there. So we'll see how that goes. I feel like this is a foreshadowing moment. And child, I welcome it. I want to see her go crazy. I'm not going to lie. Um, I guess this is getting ahead of myself because I do, I do predictions later. But I am submitted on Daenerys taking the throne. I want her to take the throne and I want her to go crazy doing it. I just want history to repeat itself. Don't know why. Don't really care. Just want it to happen. But, um, let's see. Okay, so then again, you see Daenerys on top of Drogon and Rhaegal's right next to them. And they're just flying and gliding. And then, boom! Rhaegal gets hit three times, twice in the chest and one in the neck. Down he goes and he is in the water. It happens so fast that it took me by surprise i was like is this a dream are we having a nightmare and i didn't realize what's going on but no girl that thing was real euron and his ships were right there there's scorpions on every ship shooting all kinds of big old arrows and when daenerys so you see a little crazy come out for a second when daenerys saw Rhaegal go down the way he did. She started coming at them with Drogon, but I'm like, we all knew that was stupid, including Drogon, because they started shooting again, and Drogon hit him with the yeet and got up out of there, luckily, by the grace of God. Um, I just, and there was a lot of conversation online about, like, Dragons are so high up in the sky. How did they not have a vantage point to those ships coming? Um, and I guess it's implied that, you know, um, what's his name was kind of behind those rocks. But I, I rewound it a couple of times and I couldn't really see how they wouldn't have seen those ships. I'm not going to lie. But whatever. Rhaegal's dead. Danny's blowing a 3-0 lead as we speak. Um... Hmm. Maybe it'll get better. We'll talk about that later. But, um, so when they can't get Drogon, they start shooting those same big old uh, arrows at Daenerys' ships. Um, most people, you know, wash up onto shore, especially our main characters, except Missandei. Missandei is missing. We don't know if she's dead or what. But, um... So we move on to the next scene. Euron makes it back to Cersei and lets her know, like, hey, this is what we did. We succeeded. You know, checkmate or whatever. And Cersei implies to Euron that her baby is actually his. But we're pretty positive that baby is Jamie's. Yeah. Euron's dumbass is going to roll with it. So then we find out that Missandei is indeed in Cersei's custody. And then she makes, like, a little snide remark about, so much for the breaker of chains. And again, gross. Just like Sansa talking about 
Her rape is what made her stronger. Don't put the one black woman in chains and then make a slavery joke. We didn't come here for this. I don't give a fuck. Like, I didn't like that. That was gross. Gross. But. So after this failed, uh, you know, it's after this sneak attack and this failure on Team Danny, they have another meeting and Varys is just like imploring for Daenerys to not attack the Red Keep because, you know, innocent people are there and that's what Cersei wants you to do. And, you know, he makes it clear, like, I told you, I promised that if I thought that something you was doing was wrong, I was going to tell you and this is me telling you, like, He's straight up telling her to her face like he's supposed to. Um, but Danny does not care. She's going to do what she want to do. Mad Queen is on her way. Um, so when that conversation is over, Varys and Tyrion are talking to each other again. And Varys is just not feeling Danny at all anymore. He's just like, you know, I feel like Jon Snow is more measured and da 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 And these things are true, but Jon is dumb also. So I don't think he'll necessarily make a better ruler. I don't think anybody, honestly, none of the candidates are great. They're just not. But um, I did like when, because, you know, Tyrion is still Team Danny. I did like when he was like, I don't think a cock is a true qualification. Saying that word out loud is so weird. C-O-C-K. But anyways, um, basically it's like, I don't think having a penis is a true qualification for a ruler. And I was like, yes, yes, read them. I felt that. But, you know, Barris is like, look, I'm here for the people. And we've known this. You know, he's always here, been here for the realm. He's been here for the common folk. He don't care about these highborn folks and what they think they deserve. He is here to protect the people. And... I can respect that. I don't want John on the throne, but I can ex- respect that. So, the very next scene, we're back in Winterfell, and Sansa receives a raven, talking about the attacks and everything. And Jamie sees, because, you know, Brienne is there protecting her. And Jamie sees them, so he walks up, he's like, hey, what happened? And he finds out what happens. And this is not really a big scene or anything. I just like the fact that, uh... Sansa is still petty. And she was like, I always wanted to be there when they executed your sister, but I guess I'll never get the chance. So I was like, you are so rude. But I liked it. I loved it, actually. Um, then moving on, they're in their private chambers, and Brienne is in the bed sleep again. So this is implying that Jamie again dicked her down real quick. And he's, you know, preparing to leave. So he gets all his things. He's preparing his horse. And Jamie, you know, catches him before he goes. And she's just, like, begging him to stay. Begging him to stay because he's a good man. He's better than Cersei, the Senate third. And, I mean, I agree. He's a good man now. But Jamie's like, look, I ain't even that good. I crippled that boy over there. I killed my own cousin. I would have killed every man, woman, and child in this whole city just for Cersei. So she crazy and so am I. Da, da, da. So he dips and got Brienne out there in the cold crying in her house coat. And that hurt my heart a little bit. But it'll be fine. It'll be fine. 
Um, honestly, he might have been like giving her the little okie doke just so he can get to King's Landing and like kill Cersei real quick. And he didn't want nobody to know what was happening or whatever. But either way, it'll be fine. Um, so we get to our very last scene and you see Daenerys, her Daenerys, Drogon, Tyrion, Grey Worm, and the Unsullied. Oh, Varys. Varys is too, there too. So her whole squad is there and they're standing outside the wall of King's Landing. And Cersei and her squad are up on the wall with Missandei. And Missandei's hair is just... Why? How come Sis couldn't use her Miss Jessie's while she was in captivity? Like, that's not even fair. She ain't get to twist out or nothing since she's been there. But, um... I'd like to point out that the Unsullied that was with Daenerys is an extremely small number. It looked like it was maybe 50 of them. And then she used to have 4,000 of them. Like, did that many of them die during that battle? I'm upset if that's the case. Like, did she only bring part of them or is that all of them? That doesn't make me feel good at all. But, um, hmm. So Tyrion and creepy dude, uh, who is Cersei's hand now, they walk up to each other and they have a conversation and old wrinkly dude is just not with any of it. He's just repeat, he's repeating all the brainwashed things that Cersei fed him and Tyrion is just tired. So he walks past them and tries to talk to Cersei. And I don't understand why Tyrion is so persistent in trying to get through to Cersei talking about she's not that bad of a person and she's better than this. She is not better than this. Cersei is crazy. Cersei is evil and ain't nothing finna change. She does not care about none of y'all. Maybe Tyrion thinks she has a chance because she's had at least three opportunities to kill him and she didn't. But no, girl, that's not how that works. She crazy. She, she's playing what she thinks is the long game, okay? She crazy. Brick wall. Ain't no getting through to her. Um, so Cersei straight ignores Tyrion. Big surprise. And she goes to Missandei and is like, you know, if you have any last words, now's the time to say it. And Missandei being the thug that she is. You know, we don't give her enough props, okay? She may not be a warrior or anything like that. She's not high-born. She may not seem special, but she's a thug, okay? And always been loyal. So she yells out, Dracarys! Girl, which we all know means burn it all down. Burn it all down. I'm here for it. Burn it all down. Um, Missandei is beheaded by the mountain which is just disgusting and Grey Worm could even look I mean naturally why would you want to see that he's gonna lose it but Daenerys is finna snap on that ass okay finna snap like you can see it all in her face like enough is enough y'all taking like, she has lost a lot. She's lost two dragons. Well, first she lost her husband. Then she lost two dragons. She's lost her best friend, Missandei. She's lost most of her army. She's lost her actual right to the throne, and she's about to lose her mind, okay? 
Don't push her because she's close to the edge. Okay? And I'm ready to see it. I want her to go crazy. I'm rooting for the Mad Queen. I just am. Don't really care. Um, now, there is a theory going around that back in, I can't remember what season, but way back when um, Drogon kind of like ditched Danny in the desert or whatever, and he went missing for a while and then came back, there's a theory that he may have like laid some eggs while he was out there. So more dragons might be coming. And I hope they are. Please, dear God, let them come. But with that said, that is the end of this episode. Thank you for listening. Um, the next episode I hear is going to be crazy. And that's and those are the words from Amelia Clark herself. Um, I'm excited. Also, Amelia, I, I saw those pictures of you at the Houston Rockets game and Beyonce was there. Y'all better have ran into each other again. You better not have blown it this time, girl, okay? Beyonce is a fan and you are a fan. Y'all should be friends by now. We are rooting for y'all. God damn it. But anyways, <laughs> as usual, you know what it is. Follow the podcast on Twitter at the Bay Pod. You can follow me, Alexandra the Great, at her name is Great on Instagram and Twitter. And we will see y'all next time. We will see you real soon, actually. Um, thank you for your patience. Sorry you can't see me today, but I'll be back for sure. Only two more episodes left. It's about to be crazy. All right. Have a great weekend. Happy Mother's Day. And go. Oh.